This is the Punk Show Podcast. Cliff's telephone. This is Zach speaking. How may I help you? Oh, hi, Zach. It's uh, Jason calling from Victoria, uh, British Columbia, Canada. Hi, I'm sorry. I didn't have the speaker on. Who am I speaking with? <laughs> it's, it's Jason up in Canada. Jason, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I wish it wasn't turning into summer so soon down here, but other than that, I can't really complain. Why? It just gets too hot down there? Yeah, we're already starting to see high high 80s and low 90s, and oh, I hate that. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, see, it's, we're all very much looking forward to summer here because uh, it's not that warm, so. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not that bad. Though. All right, well, let me uh, let me grab Cliffy here. Sure. Um, he's running around inside doing something. But, um, well, why don't I talk to you for a minute? No problem, no problem, Andy. Um, I mean, I've I've only been. I'm not, you know, OG like uh, like Bill is, but no. I've been in. I've been in the band since uh, the fall of '08. Oh, cool. Okay, so, so this is the first a little time. bit of time. And are you on this new record? Yeah. So this yeah. this is the, would be the first Freeze record that you've you're on, but you've toured with them and and stuff lots. Yeah, several tons of tours. I've done. I am on a single that was released here uh, on Doctor Strange um, a, a couple years back, and it was also in a small run released in Japan, even. Okay. Um, but that, but that was only like four songs. But as far as full length, yeah, this will be the first thing that I've ever been on. That's cool. Um, and what's your what's your history? Were you in your bands previous? Um, not really anybody that you would probably know. Um, right. I sort of fell into the gig through a mutual friend of Cliff and mine through through uh, uh, the scene, a, a, a guitar player, and that's how I kind of got sort of thrown into it. But I'll let Cliff give you a little more history. He's, sure. he's here right now. Okay, well, nice to talk to you, Zach. No problem. Okay. okay. I feel like I already know you, Cliff. First of all, we did actually chat on the phone uh, late last week, but we had so many conversations on Facebook, I feel like uh, we've already done the interview. Yeah, no, we have, actually. So just go ahead and what we already have. <laughs> we, can do, we can do speech. Uh, we can do uh, text-to-speech text to if you want. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, that'll work out great. Um, <laughs> first, first of all, did you get your bike back, or did you get another bike? Oh, I never get my bikes back. No. Bought another one. I, I, there were 32 out there. Somewhere. That's amazing. 32 out there in Phoenix somewhere stolen from me. It's almost like I give them away. Is it just like the bike theft is so bad there, or do you just have terrible luck? Both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bike theft is bad here. I mean, it's, it's big business. Big yeah. business right up there with, uh, with uh, drug dealing. Wow. They go hand in hand. He doesn't exactly choose no. his neighborhood or <laughs> time of evening to choose to ride his bike either. So that that has a lot to do with it. I see. Okay. It has nothing to do with it, but it's okay. That's all we have, Zach, in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, my first question, before we get into talking about the new album and all that stuff, is uh, I don't really know how you ended up in Arizona, because I know that you obviously the Freeze is originally a, an East Coast, Massachusetts, Boston band. So, how, have you been in Arizona a long time? Um, it seems like forever. Yeah. Whenever it's us hitting this time of year, it gets right up to around 100 degrees, like around now. It seems like I've been here forever. But yeah, uh, yeah, I've been here, what, uh, 12 years? And you met Dave in 07. 
Yeah. We've we've been here since the spring of '09. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, I'm not, you know, a huge fan of uh, of half the year here. But. Yeah. Well, Zach kind of said that already too. He said that uh, it gets pretty brutal. There are, two, there are two seasons: there's scorching and less scorching. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm getting some kind of. I, I have to say, I, I really hate to do this, but I'm getting a weird, chirpy sort of feedbacky thing happening with the speakerphone. That, that's my regular voice. <laughs> you've got, it sounds like you've got a bird on your shoulder. <laughs> okay, that might be better. It is a bird. It's one of those fake birds they have up out here, so to make it seem like there's life outside when there isn't. <laughs> You know, the things can live outside when they can't. Right. You know? But anyway, desert birds. There's no such thing. Yeah. Okay. You still sound... better? No, not really. I hate to be, I hate to be like this, but I think, I, I think you need to take me off speaker, Cliff, and uh, we, have to, we have to... Maybe I can... Maybe Zach can just grab the phone here and there or something. If you have a question, maybe, that you can pick up while you're I, talking to Cliff, I, and he wants to end it. Is it, probably, like, is it probably because we're, we're talking to it so loud because it is speakerphone? Well, it's it's just literally phones are shitty. Like when they when you put it on speaker, oh, it has this it has this like echoey effect, and it kind of like um, especially if there's more than one person talking, it's like a it's like it's digital, so it like cuts the other person off while the other person's talking, so it doesn't have a natural f- f- like uh, flow to it. Do you know what I mean? And it sounds very. I, I do know what you mean. Let me say this too: it, it's very rude when Zach talks over top of me like he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see. Yeah, that's do you notice? Do you notice? Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. That's, Good. Thank that's, you. That's way better. We don't like, we don't like Verizon anyway. But anyway, go ahead. But <laughs> I love how we we're already at the ten minute mark of the of the interview, and we really haven't talked about anything yet. <laughs> we should. I think we should keep that going. <laughs> it doesn't matter what we talk about. It no. just matters that, like you know, we're here. That's right. You know? Exactly. We're here. We're happy, and it's uh, it's and that's lot. all that matters. Yeah. And there it is. So okay. you know, we're happy for once. Yeah. Thanks, no, thanks for talking, it won't last long though. But thank you, Jason, for helping <laughs> making both of us happy over here. Jack, he just ran off somewhere. But. Okay. So why twenty years? Why has it been twenty years since we put out a new album? Uh, why has it been twenty years since we put out a new album? Because, uh, well, let's see. In nineteen ninety nine, at the end of recording, one false move, which the only character that basically lived lyrically was uh, Professor Red Eye, who ran a successful meth lab, and then he retired. Uh, all the rest of the, uh, the characters uh, either committed suicide or just reached some sort of tragic, crazy end. Right. And uh, I remember Bill, Bill, you know, my Bill Close, mm-hmm. who I've written songs with since he joined the band, I think, in 83, right after Boston at LA, just in time to uh, be on the Guilty Face EP at, I think, was he 13, 14 years old. Wow. Um, anyway, but in 1999, after doing one false move, the final mixing session, he recorded thing, he put his guitar down, locked his case up, and said, Hang on, that's it. I can't have your lyrics in my head anymore. I, I want to kill myself. Oh, dear. I'm never playing with you again. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, I don't think we spoke for like seven or eight years. Oh, my God. And then, uh, yeah, for real. And, you know, one of my best friends from way back. I guess, it, you know, he had, well, I mean, it distracted him that badly, that much that, like, um, he just he just couldn't have free songs around his you know his in his environment anymore. He was getting clean at the time too, and right. you know I I I was uh, still uh, f- acting foolishly and irresponsibly. 
Thank God those times are gone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Nothing. I just think that's. I don't know. It was. Funny. What? Hey, what? There you go. Okay, God bless that too. But, okay, but Bill's back. Zach was, whispering, Zach was whispering something, and I had, I had to respond in, my, in a characteristic way. <laughs> and I, I blessed him, so he's okay now. Through God. So, but. but. Uh, but Bill's back. Yeah. So I, yeah, Bill, Bill is back, and um, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time. Um, Slope Records, uh, Phoenix-based label. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they were signing up a lot of local bands, and I guess you know, with the, to help get bigger bands like the, the Dickies and things like that, uh, bands like that, which they have signed. Um, you know, I think we we're kind of a <clears throat> a band that they wanted to sign to sign bigger bands. That's how I'm looking at it these days. Yeah. But I can do, do it. I can say what I want to say mm-hmm. whenever I want to say it. I'm old enough now that people can't censor what I try to say. Right. So, I'm, you know, so I'm, I'm, I can say anything I want to say. Zach, Zach's not going to be whispering things again, and I can't understand whispers. <laughs> and I'm being completely honest. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Anyway, so, they, you know, again, we, uh, they, Bill didn't want to like really get serious about anything until he, we had an offer on the table. Once we get the offer on the table, he got really serious about it again, and we, it, the whole process like it just came together really easy. That's cool. Well, I, I don't know you know a whole lot about uh, other than just being a you know media guy. I, I don't know a whole lot about the industry on the ins and outs. But it seems to me that Slope Records is a pretty cool record label. I've met a couple, couple of those dudes because at uh, at Punk Rock Bowling actually last year they had like little table set up and I know they have a band called the blanks that I think are quite good. And, and, uh, and they seem like decent dudes that are trying to do it for the right reasons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, I guess, you know, he wanted to, he was interested in us. He, he said, do it with the first band back when he was in high school or something that he had, you know, the, the little logo written marker on his jeans or something. Right and, on. And from land of the lost or something. He's been you know, kind of into since then. And so, yeah, I guess, you know, for like his own personal reasons too, he, when he went to us on the label and you know again we weren't really looking but um because we hadn't really did, we hadn't really written much right and um it was mainly just me I mean I, I write a lot of the music just you know just but general riff wise you know it's a, and I, then I'll write lyrics to that and then I really have to turn it over to a real guitarist because I, I can't do anything beyond just the general strumming type of thing right just kind of the the, 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 the music that's in your head you have to, you have to get Bill to actually uh, yeah, I, I have no idea how to read music. I have no idea how to do anything like that. I can right. just, uh, yeah, like I just recreate what I hear in my head on guitar. And, you know, so I come up with a vocal melody line and then just write the lyrics to that. Mainly what happens is, you know, Bill will write the music and he'll send the music to me and I'll just, you know, write to that. But. Right. Okay, well, I want to talk a little bit about about this album. So, uh, first of all, thank you for sending me a bunch of the tracks because that was really cool of you to do. I always feel very privileged to get a little kind of sneak preview on stuff. And, uh, it's great. Like, there's. A, I mean, I like all of it, and I think it's. And I'm not blowing smoke here, Cliff. I honestly think it's some of the best stuff you've done. And I, I think, for me, the two the two tracks that stand out for me were actually the first one that you sent me, which was Neighborhood Pride, and then uh, that right. Office of Family Designs. Two great songs, and it it does continue with this theme that you have and have had over the years of like sort of the Big Brother stuff and the paranoia stuff, and that that's just always been a big theme for you, hasn't it? Um, it, it has. Um, it seems like uh, I mean, with this album, I've gone more um, after realizing what Bill calls uh, we've entered the croaking years, um, you know, like where you're, after 50, which most of us are at now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, you basically when you when you when you die, you, you die from natural causes. They'll call it unless you have an obvious gunshot to the head or something. And uh, right. and um, so I went. I've, I've gone from like a looking at at what's happened around me or happened in the past or what's happening around me to like taking those and like broken bones and songs like that and just kind of like writing it a hundred percent of what I write. I like to say is like, you know, at least 75% true. Right. And, and, um, and taking that and just looking around now and just wondering what it's going to be like in a few years, maybe if I'm not around, you know, so more like and, um, in the future a little bit more now. Well, you're trying to take, yeah, I try to look at it like the, you know, the pieces of the puzzle I see around me and see, you know, see if they, you know, if they somehow lock together or not. What I usually see is a somewhat nefarious fashion, but sure. Do you have kids? Um, I uh, no, no. Okay, I don't want to get personal. I'm just curious if that was maybe part of the inspiration for thinking about things like that in, the, in those terms, as far as not so much what's happening right now or ha- what has happened, looking in, in the future of what we're leaving for people coming up. You know, um, I yeah, basically, <laughs> I, I basically, I think I, I've already, I know what I'm going to leave for people, which is basically what I done up to this point yeah. i mean I, I, I like uh the line from calling all creatures the sum of our behavior is all we leave behind each of us gone in the blink of the eye of time which i mean that's it's true you know it's mm-hmm. like it's how how you act is what you are and what you leave behind you know and it's so i'm, I'm starting to be more cognizant of that you know and i think recently um you know and just think of like how my, I'm, I'm really an impulsive person like i'll just go out and I'll do this or that and won't think of the repercussions. Right. And that's, you know, that's what I do along a rest record <clears throat> as well as, you know, other things that I maybe should have done or avenues I could have taken, but didn't, you know, for short term satisfaction. And, uh, anyway, try to think about how it may affect, you know, others tomorrow or myself tomorrow rather than always just right now. Yeah. You know, in the moment. And that just comes with getting older and wiser, right? I, I I guess so. I'm not having the energy to do what I used to do either. Yeah, but but anyway, um, the limitations. Yeah, I'm starting to feel my age lately. I'm 58. Just turned 58. 58. Wow. Yeah. I'm not not that. I'm, that yeah, that's great. I, I, yeah, been, I, and it's, it's it's weird too because we I started we started the band in in '78. So it's uh, I've been doing this my entire adult life, and I've almost I'm almost at the almost at the end of that. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I'm I'm ten yeah. I'm ten years younger than you, Cliff. I'll be forty nine this year. So I, um, you know, stuff like the very beginning of the freeze and obviously the beginning of punk and all that stuff. That I was still a kid when that was happening. So I didn't get into into this kind of music until I was sort of fourteen, fifteen in the mid eighties. But uh, no, I don't know why I'm telling you my life story here. But I'm just uh, putting it. In no, 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 no. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to know. It's how you have a good two way conversation too. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about. Um, right. Just I want to. Talk, this is kind of the boring. No, well, not boring stuff. But, but I want to talk about physically about the record itself. So just so everybody can understand, you know, it's coming out on April twenty sixth. Calling all creatures uh, digitally, right? It's going to be out on twenty sixth. Right. Yeah. Are you going to but, put it out in vinyl and stuff like that too? Yeah, it's going to be on vinyl, CD, and for some reason, cassette. Oh, that's, um, well, that's the whole trend now. Everybody wants cassettes now, apparently. Do they really? I, I haven't heard yeah, that. But. I don't, but uh, but uh, it's like a it's like a quite a little fad. I think I don't think it's going to last long, but it's a it's a thing now to put cassettes out again. Oh, okay. No, I, I had I had no idea. I mean, again, it's been t- a lot's changed in, in in the twenty years as far as the entire industry goes. Of course, yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's a, I, I, I mean, we didn't have digital downloads really back then. I mean, no. I think it was just we were just starting them or something, but mm-hmm. in ninety nine, but. 
Well, I mean, that's um, an interesting it, conversation too because, and I talk to a lot of people about this when I do my interviews about like, uh, especially guys like you who've been in the business for a long time and how it has changed. And it's, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to get your take on it a little bit. Like, I mean, it seems to me that we live in a time now when it's really great for a lot of young bands because you can put out your your music uh, to a, to potentially a very wide audience and it's it's cheap and easy to do and with the social media and all that. But then there's also like, there's something that gets taken away, which is everything just... There's this massive sea of stuff to choose from, and it's also you know, and then there's of course the the uh, whole issue of streaming and how artists are not getting paid fairly and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, if if I was in it for the money, I would have been out of it in what seventy nine or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so the, the you know the digital download thing, the the, the pirating thing, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. As a matter of fact, that's how I get my music. Right, you know, yeah, fair enough. Just going, just going. Loudtronics at mp 3com Oh no, it was mp3int.com. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, they had songs up on some of those sites that I forgot. I, I'd forgotten existed of ours. You know, back when Pirate Bay was was really active, you know, I used to get all. I could download every song we ever had. We ever did in just one big download, and or anybody, or anybody's you know catalog, yeah. just one big download, and I'd have everything for nothing and. I'd be happy about it, you know, but yeah. whatever people, if I, I give, I give people the, uh, the, uh, the, the site that could go get our stuff on for nothing. You know? Well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a record collecting nerd and it's not a, it's not a cheap hobby for sure, but I'm always a guy that will go out and buy the physical vinyl just cause I like, I like that, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for that stuff. No, I, I, I hear you. I, I, one time was too, until I lost, uh, everything I'd owned in a, in a, in a fire like that. Oh God. There was like, I must have had 2,000 albums and um, everything. I mean, uh, from flyers from our first shows and everything, just I lost it all in a fire. And I decided, you know, basically I, I was hoarding stuff and I'm never going to get it all again. So I started to try to collect it. And yeah. I just didn't care about having it. So I don't even own anything of ours at all anymore. Is that right? Hey? Just, yeah. what, just what I download to my phone or the, my, you know, whatever, my, my tablet. That's quite sad, and, though. I mean, not, not even just... The, obviously, it's sad that you lost your stuff and your records and stuff, but losing some of that memorabilia and things that may not ever be able to be replaced, you know? Well, yeah, a lot of it was the photos, family photos and stuff like that. Sure. You know, my brother who died in 91. Mm. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, that, that was tough. That was tough to part with. it. But, I mean, again, as far as the stuff that we do, that we've done, our CDs, I mean, albums, I know it was on it. <laughs> you know, so I don't really have to have one to, yeah. to verify it. Fair enough. You know, it's... And if I mean it's all still available somewhere, you know, I can if I ever want to hear it. So uh, we have a group. I don't know if you've heard. Well, they're not just here; they're all over the place. But have you ever heard of the Jacks? Of course you do, because you know, you know uh, yeah. Mikey Jack. We'll talk about him in a minute too. Mikey, but, no, Mikey Jack, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so the right. Jacks is like a, a, a collective. It's like I guess a gang, but not. You know, oh right, it, the, oh, the Jacks. Yeah, sure, yeah, right, yeah. right. And they're all over California, and there's quite a large contingent of them up here uh, for some reason on Vancouver Island. But I just. Uh, I hate tourists was uh, like sort of their theme song here in Victoria back in the uh, in the eighties because um, we have Victoria is a very touristy town like it's and so uh, uh, I thought you might like to know that <laughs> that was like the Jacks the Victoria Jacks theme song back in the day. I never really understood what 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 does the Jack uh, thing represent? It's it's kind of like. Um, Again, w- without the violence and the organized crime element, it's kind of like a gang thing, but for skateboarders. And and so you you every, if you become a jack, you get to have wear the jack's colors uh, on your yeah, as a patch on your jacket and all that. And uh, I'm not one, so I don't really understand the whole how it all goes down. But uh, 
it's it's nothing negative or or nefarious. It's all just about skateboarding and community. But they have these huge, massive yearly parties, and sometimes they have it up here. Sometimes they have it down in California or Washington State, where they all get together and basically just drink and having a crazy time and have bands play and stuff. And it's just it's like a it's like just a community of of like minded people. Like minded people, no, and that's great because I mean, you know, like, that's how we used to identify, like you know, who, who we you know as an outsider back in the beginning of punk and stuff. Um, all you had to do was just wear a clash pin, and you'd get people like you know, come out, you know, fucking asshole, who the fuck do fucking punk rock? I mean, it, but you see another person with a Sex Pistols pin or something, and it'd be like, oh wow, I'm a, and so we'd start talking. To, that's totally. how we'd identify each other, you know, and get our own little group going. As a matter of fact, we started the band. Um, out of well, we we sat on Cape Cod, you know, about an hour and a half outside of Boston, where you know, punk had its own little base going already. Mm-hmm. And um, in '78, uh, I was a DJ on the local uh, uh, community college radio station, and, um, and we had we had just started the band. I mean, started the idea of the band, and um, out of <laughs> the idea of having a band, and um, out of all of Cape Cod. We just got really lucky. I mean, the band really shouldn't exist. Uh, we had five people, and each one that oh, probably five people into punk on all of the Cape, and each one of them had to happen to play a different instrument. Oh wow! <laughs> and or, or at least you know, kind of played it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we didn't have much ability at playing back then, but we're interested in you know starting a band. And there was there was nobody into punk when we on, on Cape Cod really when we first started. And uh, cool. again, it, it just came together like really luckily, and nobody had any money. You know, we were still in high school, most of us. And um, our manager at the time, who was a good friend of mine, was a, f- a friend of mine in high school. He, he was dealing acid and mescaline and shit like that, and in high school, yeah. <laughs> he was making some money. So we invested the money, and I hate tourists. So that's uh, you know that came out through drug money, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, that's basically how we get started. I mean, we, you know, we had the we had the new wave song on one side, and we had the you know the punk song on the other because uh, you know two or three of the guys like leaned that way, yeah. and then there was like me that leaned like the Dead Boys, uh, you know, direction, and that's the direction we continued in. Yeah, um, and you do have a very unique voice, like a like a vocal style that I've I've always liked very much. You can understand what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? I like I like that. <laughs> you inflect your words, which is which is not always the way in punk rock music. You know, it's like, to me. Uh, you know, of course, you know, there's songs I like that I'm not really big on. You know, some of a lot of the lyrics and vice versa. But I uh, musically too. But I mean, the lyrics to me have to be. I, I have to. I have to feel comfortable singing along with the, with the band songs. Mm-hmm. And like you know, like we we make we make jokes about this. <laughs> now and then, but say bands like Bad Religion. I love Bad Religion's early stuff, and I, I, I yeah, and, and and we all do, all big big Bad Religion fans, you know. But when you sit down and you have to try to sing along with with Grafton's lyrics, it's like, why do you have to be polysyllabically inclined all of the time? Yeah. I mean, and it's like it gets it gets so ridiculous as listening to like the. The profane rights of man, or whatever the, the new stuff is. But back on tour, um, four or five years ago, we, we had this idea. We put out a, a, a joke book, laughing with graphing. You know, like you know, <laughs> you know, sixty blank pages of jokes by the most unfunny frontman from punk rock in America. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we were thinking about time. And actually, I actually got gave Greg uh, Greg Hetson a call. 
And um, I said, because we, we know him from way back, mm-hmm. the Circle of Jerks days. And, and I said, I said, Greg, we get this idea for a joke book, Greg Graffin, uh, Graffin, Graffin. And, but we wanted to ask you, is he a funny guy? And, uh, and, and Greg's like, well, you know, he's, yeah, no, he goes, we, yeah, we, we, we Googled Greg Graffin joke, uh, Greg Graffin humor, right? And what came up was, the first thing that came up with, Greg Graffin is renowned atheist. <laughs> and, you know, you know, and, and that was like, okay, this is the evidence that the book should should do well. <laughs> so we, we, gave, we gave Hatcher the call, and it was great. Um, is Graffin a funny guy? And he goes, well, well, you have you have to kind of get to know him. Okay, well, you know what? We have this idea for a book, Laughing with Graffin, and we're gonna we're gonna drop the idea. If you could just tell me right now, one funny thing you can remember he said. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I, I, we, no, like I say, you kind of have to get to know him." And he's like, really, "Okay, the book is back on." <laughs> I go, "Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Beautiful." <laughs> that is amazing. So anyway, yeah. uh, so the lyrics are really important to me, and you know, and, and being able to understand what a person is singing and singing about. Sure. You know, uh, yeah, it's just I. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you still got to be able to reach people, I mean, to reach yes. people's heart and head at the same time. Well, which uh, is something I try, I try to do. Yeah. You know, I try to like not let my lyrics be read in one certain way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not singing at people. I'm, you know, I'm singing to them. And, sure. Yeah. There's a, yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, I like, I like, like, like Wolf Confessional. I mean, there's, it's you know, obviously it's about pedophile priests, but nowhere in there does it actually mention sex or anything to do with with it. It's just the way it's set up. Right. And that kind of thing is the way I like to write. Whereas, like, it's gonna it's gonna aim you in a certain direction, but it doesn't outright state anything, or it will state something through a, another character's you know, the way they see it mm-hmm. as an extension of myself, usually, of course, but, uh, and this, that's kind of what I'm doing now, uh, with, uh, this album here and this album, uh, like, I think we wrote, what did we do? We, we did three songs from prior sessions or something and, and have nine that are brand new for it. Um, yeah, anyway, but all, all nine pretty much, uh, they do have a running theme, uh, beginning with neighborhood pride, mm-hmm. Where um, it's the whole. I, I I never knew about this kind of stuff, um, about the citizen patrol groups and all these citizen spy groups and stuff. Where you know they make you. I didn't know anything about that. Those things even existed. I knew about the, the, the neighborhood watch thing, which you know a neighbor will look out for another person. Yeah. You know, but yeah, yeah. I, I never knew anything about that though. They didn't have that back in the back in Massachusetts as much, but um. Until I was I was homeless for a bit out here, yeah. and all you have to all you have to do to get under in their you know in their line of sight is be seen walking down a, the public sidewalk with a backpack on, and immediately you're profiled. Yeah, and you know I started seeing these people following me around everywhere, and I think am I crazy? Well, you know, kind of, but <laughs> but it's like, and then I started asking questions. I learned about you know the what one I started looking up one out of every twelve homes in Phoenix has a watch commander, you know, in it, that lives really? there. Yeah. And that watch commander will, you know, almost everybody's a part of this network, here, at least here. And I know it's, it's all over Canada, it's all over England, it's all over Europe, you know, this kind of networking. I think that where, and all it does is, is it breeds suspicion of people that you don't know. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to, it's advertised as bringing people together when all it does is make people suspicious of those that you don't know, so it's going to just divide people. Of course. 
And like, so you take that basis right there, like where you, you basically isolate people to their block, block by block, and be suspicious of the others in another block, and it puts divisions within, you know, people in their own real, you know, wider city or neighborhood, uh, the outlying neighborhood. And if they already have that state of mind, if something happens where the people need to really get together and say, I go against our government like we have now, with the president like we have now, who really puts us in a crisis situation, the people are going to be too suspicious of each other. Mm-hmm. And we'll just, you know, to, to get to, to rally against the government. And I think it's just another method of control. Yes. And that's where, that's where I, I take that idea and I'll just take it to like the office of family design where like automation pretty much beats hum, like, you know, humanity mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle. And it's, if you, if you, if you, in office of family design, if you notice that the married couple, they never come into contact with any other human beings the entire way through the song until in the end they just split up. That's right. As people just use as breeders. Well, you know, all of that is such a foreboding and interesting thing. You know, I find it endlessly frustrating uh, watching the way the world's going right now because I think for the most part, you know, obviously with exceptions because we're seeing this rise in right-wing, you know, fascism and all that. That's, uh, that's one thing. But I think for the most part... Uh, we are becoming more enlightened as as a as a people, and we 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 do care about what goes on in the world. But at the same time, there's this like uh, lackluster um, I don't know what the word is, but people are just so complacent with with staring at their their Facebook and their phones, and then people will like actually actively go and get things like a a Google Home speaker where that they're being monitored and sold to, and they're okay with it. Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah, I, yeah. right. Right, and it, and, it be, and it begins with you know you you you're sold the uh, you you sold by just the uh, you know they're, they're testing Dama drones and and taco drones and stuff where like you know they have the drones with obviously with cameras on them and stuff sure. that will start delivering your pizzas and stuff like that and that's I think about that and Disney dies smiling. Yes, yes. You know it's, it's the way that they'll, they'll start out with a like, with a smile and you know, make it seem like it's cute, you know, whatever the new technology yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Convenient, yeah. And it's, it actually, it's got, you know, the, the, the dual purpose is fairly obvious when you look into it. You know, what it could be used for, and uh, there's certain elements in, in all society, and always has been, that will use that element, you know, in a in a way that's in, invasive, you know, intrusive. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I want to get into, uh, into well, some that, other... That, that, that has something to say. What? Okay, what? To thunderous applause. Get, 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 put him on the phone. Hang on. Okay, Zach made a grand statement. I totally missed all. it. I totally missed it. <laughs> okay, he didn't make it. All, all I said was, is usually tyranny and, and things that we're witnessing now are always met to thunderous applause. They get you to want. That's, you know, they get you to want uh, essentially what they want you to want. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 uh, it's all it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's, that's it true. It's, it's, it's Rome in another suit. Yeah. That's all it is. It's <laughs> well put. All yeah. right. All right, here's Cliffy. <laughs> no, I think that was okay. a very good point. I'm going to having a cigarette. Yeah. Um, no problem. Um, before we, well, I, I, I want to, like I say, I want to get into some other stuff, because this is the kind of topic we could talk forever about, but I do want to ask you one more thing in relation to that. Do you have still any optimism for, for what's going on? Do you think... Uh, I, I I'll tell you how I feel. I think I don't know how long it's going to take, but I mean, you know, historically, 
these kind of times and stuff do end at some point. It may not be pretty when it does, but do, but do you think, do you have optimism that we're going to get through all of this and it's going to be somewhat okay? Um, I, I, don't, I think that the, the, the battle will still be going on for as long as I'm alive. Yeah. I'm worried about, again, what will be, we'll, we'll say, if I had grandkids, what you know, the world would be like then. Right. With something that could be out of control and, and we've already ruined it, like the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, who knows, what. It, I don't know about the global warming thing, I think it was maybe just the canal in the coal mine symptom thing, kind of thing that we saw first, yep. to alert us about the climate change, and actually what we're doing, and uh, I don't know if I've, I don't know if we've behaved just in such a greedy fashion that we're not going to, it's not going to end, you yeah. know, completely. And I, you know, I, of course, nobody wants that, mm-hmm. I don't, but again, it's not up to... It is up to the individual, but, you know, people, again, they have to get together, which is why this division through, like, I get back to the neighborhood pride idea, mm-hmm. you know, of, like, don't, you just can't let them divide us. Yeah. And there is always going to be an us and a them, you know, and there are people that are going to flock to one side of a, you know, a thought and are going to flock to another side. And that kind of battle, like, what, what kind of what you're talking about, it, you know, it will flip one way, like it's flipped pretty far to, you know, I guess what, the right right wing or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's going to knock back left again. And it, it kind of does center itself out as far as, like, our immediate actions go or our, you know, fairly recent actions go. But as far as what we've done that will affect us in the in the in the future fifty years, say you know beyond our lifetime goes. I have no idea. Yeah, I just hope we didn't we haven't really fucked it up for the, you know for future generations. Yeah, that's well put. I, I think I think I I think I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I think I think it will politically in this division all this stuff it will swing back a little bit. It may, you know who knows when or, or how it's going to go. But but you're right. There may the damage may have been done when it comes to the bigger picture stuff like the environment and what we've done to the planet and all and, and to to uh, you know each other. I mean, I, I have, I have, I'm a, I'm a real sympathetic uh, person when it comes to the play to like animals. I, I've, mm-hmm. I mean, literally the underdog. And I mean, just the way we treat animals is just a reflection of the way we treat each other, and is in a much harsher way. Yeah. And as and as long as you can almost judge the way society is going just by the way they, you know, they they they, they treat other life. Yeah. You know, and um, that's how they treat. How they treat the dog is probably, in a way, how they treat the, say, a husband treats the wife or something in a lot of ways. Something. Totally. And I just, it just, it just, it, it depresses me. It really does. Yeah. It gets, well, it gets me angry and I have to write about it. Yeah, exactly. It's always been a, it's been a release for me to, to, you know, to, to be able to put it into words and it takes a long time to do it for me sometimes, but mm-hmm. sometimes we just slow easy and sometimes I'll, uh, I'll spend, you know, a month trying to get the lyrics right, but. And it's a good thing that you have, yeah, it's a good thing that you have that release. You know, a lot of people don't, and they just uh, end up, you know, letting it be, it overwhelms them. So at least you've got something that, uh, you know, a, an outlet and a, and a place that you can get get it out, and other people can can also enjoy it, you know? Yeah, no, I hope, I hope so. And, you know, when putting this album together, you know, you, you after 20 years, you wonder, like, you know, are, are your thoughts still relevant, you know, to what's actually going on around you and stuff, and... And, uh, you know, uh, and uh, is what you're writing still presentable? Mm-hmm. And will people still want to hear it? And, you know, we're confident that, you know, in this album here, that, you know, we've got a good solid dozen songs. There was, I don't think there were any throwaways in there, but you never know, you know, mm-hmm. what people are going to 
thinking so. You know, it's, it's, it's good to have doubt, too, because you try harder if you do. So. Oh, for sure. I don't want to get complacent with it, right? Um, right, right, right. Okay, let's talk about a couple of things. First, this is going to be a silly question. The, the, the cartoon dude, I guess he's not cartoon. Well, yes, he is. Uh, on Rabid Reaction that you also use in other... Does he have a name? Well, well we end up being called Tommy. Okay. Um, just uh, because uh, I would use that name and, and, you know, don't forget me, Tommy. I used it in Halloween night. I used it in No One's Coming Home, which is on Rabid Reaction, which is, uh, you know, basically when we started calling him Tommy. Yeah. But I, you know what? That's something that I would like actually to present to the audience. If anybody can... That's been an ongoing mystery for the entire band. For you know, this is a rabbit actually came out. Is what the where the hell did that come from? <laughs> where did it come from? The, 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 I, I mean, I know where I got it from. Yeah, I got it from a, from the Monsters of Filmland magazine. I, was, I had found in a in a uh, combination comic book kind of magazine store, record store, back in like '85 or so. Yeah, and yeah. It, one day shaved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back in it, it been up for like five days or something. No sleep. But anyway, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wide-eyed, crazed kind of look. Yeah. But I mean, no. But in it, but I remember in it, it was in Monsters of Filmland magazine, and the caption we just we just started doing speed all of us back then, right? Right. And um, it's it just it, that's what caught the caught our eye, my eye, is how we. Like, well, look at that guy. Look at that character. <laughs> he, he, that guy's been up for like a, how long? How long? And he looks like he's right on that edge. He could snap, <laughs> and it's kind of like let's get out. Let's do it. Looks perfect. Perfect. And but it, it said underneath underneath the uh, the caption was the beast that never sleeps. Ah, okay. Yeah, and so I and so I ended up ended up calling. There is the, the, the Monsters Film and Magazine is no longer in print, but I ended up uh, calling up and reaching uh, that one of the curators there, the archives, and. And sent them the image, and even they couldn't remember who, what it was from, or anything like that. So we have no idea. Oh, it's, wow. just, it's a movie. It's a movie still, but we have no idea from what. So it's going to be some, you know, some arcane B movie or something that really no one knows or whatever hasn't seen in thirty years. I mean, not even being still in distribution anymore. Oh, I bet just somebody out there knows exactly where it came from. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had people say it could be a, a, a take on Frankenstein, but I don't see, you know. That resembles all that much. It, it looks almost, more like me, I suppose. But it almost looks a little bit Python esque too, right? Monty Python. It's kind of got that you Terry think, Gilliam. You, you think it does? Oh yeah, I just say, well, in a way, sure. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I mean it's it, not it, funny. It, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I just it's got that kind of like that wide eyed, weird cut out animation. Yeah, the cartoon kind of yeah. the cartoon kind of like crazed, but yeah, yeah, comedic <laughs> to a degree, but not really dangerous. It was just it represents us fairly well, I think. Yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, you may want you may not want to approach that. That you know, person, that, you know, the, yeah. unweaponized. You know, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, for uh, what's the plan for shows and touring and stuff? Well, we're gonna we're replacing a bass player right now, mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, we have um, we're gonna definitely be touring to, to, to promote the album. I mean, it's the least we could do after twenty years. <laughs> uh, we, we we're going to Europe um, for a month, uh, late late July, mm-hmm. most of August. Come back, you know, rest for a month or so, and then you know we'll do we'll do the states, you know, for four or five weeks anyway. Okay, and um, uh, that will be this fall at some point, probably like September October. Yeah, I think you'll get up to Canada at all. Um, as far as I know, we don't allow uh, convicted uh, drug felons. 
I was gonna. Yeah, across the border. I, I wasn't sure about that, and that's a very common problem that uh, that I've that many people have told me about too. Canada's brutal uh, to try to get into. Yeah, I remember we, we actually we were, we were banned from Canada. Uh, we were told for life, but I don't know how the hell would they, they would know this. Back in eighty six or something like that, I think we were reaction. We tried to cross the border, and they told us what not to bring, starting with pornography, mm-hmm. right? No, no pornography, no knives, no window guns, no, no drugs, no nothing. And um, so we, we get stopped, and they ask to look in the trunk. And immediately, Lou Cataldo, our drummer, is like, a, you know, he's got a porno mag right in the fucking top of the back. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they start searching, and they, they, you know, they pat it down, you know, they brought us inside. They strip searched everybody, and in a long process, they find pot on some other guy. So we have the drugs thing, and we find a knife on another guy, so we have the, you know, we got, we got the weapons, we got the pornography, and we got the drugs. And I had an eight ball, I had an eight ball of speed in my, uh, in my sock. And, um, I, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna be the one that was gonna get us all fucked if, like, you know, I got yeah. caught with it. And I'd been up for a couple of nights, and, like, I didn't smell all that well, I don't think. <laughs> and, um, I'm, I'm right down to that last sock, and I look up at the guy who's kind of got a sour look in his face. <laughs> and I said, look, I'm sorry about the smell. He goes, I know, he goes, Get dressed. Put the, put it back on. and Get the hell oh, out of this wow. office. Yeah. And it was really right down to the last you know thing. But anyway, and so uh, we we stayed up all night playing Scrabble because we were all kind of sped out and uh, everyone else sleeping around us. And then finally they kicked us out of back to America back in the morning out of customs. And they told us to never come back again. We were banned from Canada for life. Wow. So I don't you know I don't know if that's on. But I mean since then uh, in Phoenix here um, the draconian with drug laws which uh, I've always been on the side of legalizing everything and just punishing people for the behavior, right. not for the simple possession of a substance. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, um, you know, I picked up, a, just, and just having uh, a line of getting caught with a, you know, whatever, a, a straw that has residue in it is a felony. Is that right? Here. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And so I, I picked up two of those. And uh, so I, I, can't, I can't get across the border. No, that sucks. But uh, but you are going to get to the UK and everything. Oh, I well, <laughs> no. Remains but to be seen. No. I almost, I almost, I almost got, got us, uh, got us. Uh, well, almost ruined the last UK European tour for us when nine eleven had happened a few years earlier, and I uh, you know, was going up to the Homeland Security assholes yeah. everywhere, and I'd say, "Excuse me, uh, can you tell me what do you what do you think actually really hit the Pentagon?" Oh dear. And the guy'd be like, "I got." The guy'd be like, "Why?" Well, because none of us do. You know, you, you say, get over here, you. And we, were like tw- we were like 20 minutes away from like having to board the, you know, the plane and stuff, and I'm getting fucking questioned in the office about you know, what I know about 9-11 and stuff, and, and my terrorist you know, roots and what organizations I belong to, the whole deal. I was just able to run under the plane, but I just got to keep my mouth shut now, and that's what, that's what I mean by the impulsive nature. Right? I, I, I curbed that a little bit now. Now you know, I can just tell the stories. You've got to get your inner voice uh, tuned up to stop you from saying things sometimes, maybe. Yeah, yeah it's a little self-restraint. It can, can work you know, in positive ways, I think, for people. Well, I'm going to see you guys uh, at Rebellion Fest. I'm going for the second time. I went last year. Uh, have you done Rebellion Fest before? I, I don't maybe I haven't heard of it. I don't think. What is well, it called? I think you're scheduled to play it. Um, it's a. Pretty- <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, you said rebellion. Right? Rebellion. rebellion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't. Yeah, you see, you got to not mind me either. This, in a lot of ways, age has caught up with me. Uh, and fair enough. A, yeah. a third of my hearing is it's gone. And, no worries. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. We, we're, this will be the second time we play Rebellion. Ten year anniversary for that. So, cool. Um, Twenty years since the album. Ten years for that. And yeah. We're, no, we're looking forward to that. I remember the first time we got on that stage. Um, you could hardly you could hardly see the other guys on the other side of the stage. We never played in the stage that big, and I I couldn't stand the fact that they had that ten foot, or, you know, fifteen foot like division in, in space in front of the stage. I'd never played in a stage that had that before. Right um, between yourself and the audience, I, I, you know, because whenever I forget lyrics, which happens like you know two or three times a set, I'm I just want to hand the mic out to the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, they can let them handle it until I get right back in sync, and I, I'm not able to do that. And I, plus, I don't like not having the crowd right there with me and stuff. So it's like I jumped off the stage during Talking Bombs. It's, I don't know if you've seen the video for that. It's up, but no. Um, and I, and I, you know, I, I thought everything was wonderful until it, the crowd grabbed. I started like, getting tossed into the crowd, and the, you know, the security grabbed me back. And, and I, then I get back to the stage, and I couldn't. I, I wasn't. I was too tired to hop back up on the stage. I couldn't get up there myself. So the, the security just took me and threw me back up on the stage. <laughs> But it, anyway, I, the one time I actually was thankful for security. Right. But uh, anyway, <laughs> so I, I, I know enough this time to not get off the stage. Yes, exactly. Well, I just inside a riot. I just inside a riot by calling them all up onto the stage, maybe. There you go. Perfect. Um, I, I think they run a pretty good festival there. I really, I really enjoyed it last year. I just, uh, I, I know. Yeah, you, you, I guess you, you have to have the security these days. You have to be, you know have a handle on all that stuff. But I found that they treated everybody very fairly, and they like they do have that big space. But I remember I was standing off to the side. I think it was uh, Subhumans were playing, and I just it was just this insane crowd, and people were just crowd surfing like, like just a stream constantly. Crowd, and the, the security were very good. They would they would stand up, pull the people down, just and then just escort them to the side and let them go back in. Do you know what I mean? There was not really any aggression going on, which I which I thought was good. No, no, right. No, I agree too. Yeah, There's the whole thing. I never. I was never into the whole. Uh uh, people stage diving and you having to constantly be on the lookout for somebody landing on your head. You know, it's like, I was never, never into that kind of thing. I was more, I came into it more in the, uh, you know, the, 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 the pogo side of things where you just bounce around. Yeah. Me but too. I mean, like when you, I don't know. I just, I, I also learned I shouldn't do it too. When we had canceled the, the the first tour we ever did in '85, when I drove off the stage and everyone moved, oh, and I landed on landed on my face in the cement floor and knocked my two front teeth up into my gums and got knocked unconscious. I'd oh, be flown by medevac helicopter from Minneapolis back to Boston. And Are you serious? Anyway, I was out of yeah, for real. I was I was out of commission for like six. I almost died. Fuck. But uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know, people spent the next two hours looking for my teeth, which were actually like knocked up into my gums. But anyway. Oh my God, Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I probably shouldn't even be alive at this point. Well, I've been told that by a few people. But well, I'm glad you are. Here we are. Um, yeah. And not only that, with the new album, uh, Billy and I have already, and Zach here too, actually, uh, we, we've been writing for something to come next too. That's this is going to be it. So it's like there's an injection of creativity and, and, uh, and, and, motivation happening right now right and we, we've had a 20-year block of it so i mean it's been building up for quite a while <laughs> <laughs> fair enough um so i won't keep you too much longer this has been awesome but i i and i don't want to get into a bummer thing but i but it's also uh, interesting to me um obviously the this is boston not la that was a big a big record for you guys to be on that kind of got your name out there i think quite a bit and um 
are you were you and are you friends with uh, the Gang Green guys? Yeah, yeah. We're just not we're just not close with uh, with uh, Tang. Okay. Oh, with we, Tang I mean, Records. We, yeah. We, we, we tried we tried to patch stuff up with them um, two years ago. We we were you know we were down to do a split. Um, a, a 12 inch split with gangrene is going to be, uh, you know, uh, they, we recorded a couple of their songs. They recorded like four of our songs for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we'd each, we each chose, a, it was designed this way. We had, we had chosen like a Boston band that we, it influenced us and you know, we, we did record one of their songs and then we had some originals for it, which, which, um, you know, it never, it never came out because, Curtis from Tang just happened to go back to being Curtis from Tang that he's always been, and you know, basically a thief. Oh no! And I can I'll say that outright. Yeah. You know, um, and any band that is approached by him, watch out. Uh, any band that's ever had any songs anywhere near his grasp, check the check your uh, BMI or ASCAP accounts to make sure he hasn't stolen the production rights to it. I mean, the publishing rights to it, as he has for us some of our songs. Wow, and he just he just he just literally banks on the fact that like you know the the young bands that don't have the money for a lawyer not going to be able to do anything about it. That's lame. And uh, I'll, again, you can you can cut this part, you cannot, but I'll yeah. stand right behind it. Yeah, well, I mean, I so anyway, that, that never happened. But anyway, as far as gangrene goes, stuff that we love gangrene, mm-hmm. love gangrene, get along with them wonderfully. John Sox and the FUs, another one, Bob Sensi, Jerry's kiss, sure. We're all friends. Polkadot, sure. Another band that I love, you know. But have you been in touch with Chris Doherty since he? I think he had a stroke or something, didn't he? Like a year or two ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I haven't actually directly been in touch with him. I've talked to with his sister on Facebook, and I've talked to a bunch of people about him. Mm-hmm. And Alec Peters, their manager and stuff. We were, there was going to be um, there was a big show in Boston that we were going to try to you know get the money to fly into play. But we just couldn't get that to happen. Um, and there was, we had agreed to play one. There was going to be a benefit in L.A. that never did happen. We were going to play that one. But, um, yeah, you know, again, always wish Chris the best. Chris is a great guy. Yeah. Cool. Um, hey, Cliff, uh, this has been a great conversation. I've really appreciated it. No, same here. Same here, Jason. Um, nice talking to you in person. Yeah, for sure. The one more thing, because I, I, have, I have to touch on this. Otherwise, I would feel really bad because he's a friend of mine. Let's talk about Mikey Jack real quick. Because we have yeah. a local connection here. Victoria he was actually, yeah, Victoria Boy he was living in Vancouver, I think, at the time when he was uh, touring with you. But uh, do you remember? Do you remember uh, working with him? He toured with us. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, Mikey, Mikey. Like we asked, we we tried, we tried to uh, to get him on board for um, playing bass this uh, this summer when we go to Europe. Oh, but I guess we're, our work related difficulty, you know, getting the time off, yeah. couldn't do it. But I mean, no, he's the, he's our go-to guy for you know we need a bass player. That's right. I mean, cool. he's, he's he's solid. He's a solid guy and a solid bass player, and that's the most you can ask for from anybody. You know? Absolutely, that's very yeah, cool. No, he's yeah, he's very guy. busy. I know he he works with. Um, I can't remember if it's like disabled people or like uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's in social services too, yeah. which is like you know, I have a, ironically, my have a bachelor's degree in substance abuse counseling, <laughs> you know, but so you can teach what you know, but I, just, I know it a little bit too well, so I you know whatever, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and still be using certain things and sure and out there you know preaching against it, mm-hmm. but anyway, no, it's great. I mean, it's like a. I always wanted to, if I, if I had a regular job like what Mikey's got, is it to be something like well, Mike, something like what Mikey does, you know? Mm-hmm. So Mikey's Mikey's he's he's as solid as a person as you as you can find. Very cool. Nothing nothing but the best for Mikey, you know. Um, all right. 
That is perfect, Cliff. Awesome, man. Excellent, Jason. No, thank you. Thanks for taking of us. And, yeah, you know, of course. I hope, that, I, hope goes around. I hope it can be cleaned up. It will be. <laughs> it will be. No problem at <laughs> I all. I hope so. You know, and, uh, usually, a lot of times it can't be. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and obviously we will keep in touch, but I also look forward to physically meeting you, hopefully, uh, at Rebellion Fest if we, uh, if we cross paths there, which I'm sure we will. No, it sounds great. Thank you. Okay, and I uh, look, look forward to Friday. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been the Punk Show Podcast. If you'd like to hear more, including kick-ass punk music, go to thezone.fm slash punk. Oh, yeah. And be sure to check out the Punk Show on Facebook and Instagram.